everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Elisa Kelly, and I am here with really my new favorite person. I, I'm not going to tell you what has just happened over the past like 20 minutes, what we've been hanging out. We've talked about cottage cheese. We've talked about dick. We've talked about making sure that you are actually, let me just backtrack for a second. There's no relation between cottage cheese and dick. I want people to know that. Yeah. Cause that could really bring people into a different headspace. Um, but this is my, my new fabulous Pisces friend, Mary. Mary participates in speaking engagements nationwide to share her expertise in digital innovation. In 2014, she was recognized as South by Southwest Innovator of the Year. Holy shit, that's huge. Mary's goal is to provide online branding and digital trend forecasting for the general market by empowering communities through the utilization, utilization of digital tools. She is the co-founder of Caniclusive a collective focused on inclusive marketing and business advocacy in the cannabis industry. New York chapter president of Minorities for Medical Marijuana, and she serves as chief marketing officer for Tonic CBD and Tricola Farms. She currently serves on the board for Social Equity Ventures, a fund created by the parent company and serves as an advisor and judge for the Ease Momentum Accelerator. She advises three cannabis and non-plant touching companies, Canna, Do Skin, and Flor de Maria Chocolates. She is a proud native Detroiter and graduate of the University of Michigan. And she is also in tropical. <laughs> she is also in tropical. A Pisces sun, Sag moon, Libra rising. However, as you guys can see who are watching this, I'm getting the thumbs down because Mary likes sidereal astrology, which is a thumbs up for her, not me, which is Pisces sun, Scorpio moon, Virgo rising. So let's like kick off with that. What's the issue with tropical, Mary? My tropical chart is full of shit. I don't align with my tropical chart in any way. And for me, like sidereal rise, like a lot of the things that line up in terms of all of those different elements and all those different aspects make way more sense in terms of like, just like everything. When I look at my tropical chart, I'm like, who is this person? I don't know who this is. And in most cases, I think a lot of the readings I've received in the past, people have always been right, but wrong when they've like guessed my sign. So like mm. they been like, okay, you're Virgo. And I'm like, where are you getting that? Like I've been called a Virgo, a Leo, a, yeah, a Virgo and a Leo most of my adult life. Um, Interesting. I'll, always. And then, you know, like when it comes to like people that want to like do chart work, they always end up flipping over or seeing the two differences between tropical and side wheel. And they're like, wow, your side wheel chart looks so much different than this and it makes a little bit more sense in terms of like the things you say that you are you know attracting and that you create so for me like tropical to me looks like I have no footing on anything in life I'm just gonna float around and cry um Libras are also one of my top least hated signs my top hated signs are as follows Geminis Sagges Libras um, in Aquarians. Oh, so all, like the air signs are all in there. When you say that, it sounds like I don't like air signs, but the way that I would like to explain it is that I strongly dislike air sign men and Sagittarian men when it comes to like 
anything that's serious. They're great for sex, but anything beyond that, they should be placed in the friend zone. I'm going to have to agree with you, uh, especially on Sag Men. I'm going to have to agree with you. Thank you. I mean, I think brilliant, charismatic, you know, dynamic, and the ultimate fuckboys. Ultimate fuckboys and usually always wrong. And whenever they execute something and you see it, it's usually done trash. Yeah. I mean, as an astrologer, I try to be very objective so that people don't think that I have biases. But, you know, this is not not me speaking as an astrologer. This is me speaking as a human being. My experience with Sag Men has been uh, purely horrific. So I <laughs> would definitely, I and also to be honest, the air signs too. So I would co-sign that. I wouldn't say anyone listening should see that as a rule of thumb and see that as an astrologer, I am saying do not date a Sagittarius or a yeah. Gemini or an Aquarius, but the rule of thumb. I mean, that is silly. I choose Pisces <laughs> and I like to make sure that I protect myself against my own better judgment all the time. Yes. And that is very important. So the, I just told Mary and I'm telling all of our listeners now for the very first time that stars like us is getting, is, is getting older. It's growing up and we're going to start adding a little more structure to our podcast. And the way that we are going to begin this journey is by having a theme for every episode. And it just so happens that our theme this episode is going to be the sun. And I'm really excited that it's the, it's the sun and that you, no matter what system we're using, whether it's tropical or sidereal, you are a Pisces through and through. So what does being a Pisces mean to you? Mm, what does the sun mean to me? Or even uh, you being a Pisces, since that's the way your sun is shining. I feel like we get a bad rep. We're very loyal. We're very innovatively uh, creative and intuitive. A lot of us can use that for good. A lot of us can also use it for evil. I do feel like as a Pisces, my emotions always get the best of me. Um, even though people think I'm not emotional, I try to do that as a way to build my own protective wall because I'm full of emotions and I'm scared to let them out. So that's cool. But I have to say, I mean, if we are slandering Sagittarius, I also have to say that you might be loyal, but Pisces as a sign is not considered a loyal sign. So I'd like to, um, clarify and say, <laughs> I'm loyal to my friends, um, to a fault. But I also have gotten really, really better over the past several years of defining hard boundaries. So a lot of my friendships have definitely changed in my 30s. Um, But I will say that Pisces in general, we're loyal. And I have to say that it has a lot to do with how we view our Venus, our Mars, um, and also just like the type of partner that we have that makes us want to feel like we are protected, supported, and cared for. So if that isn't like brought out of someone that we're with, I mean, I'm, I'm totally into dick, so team guys. Um, but if that's not brought out in a male partner that I'm seeking, then I'm going to definitely cheat on them. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that what in my experience working with Pisces over the years and understanding the way that I metabolize the sign, Pisces is, you know, just there's a lot going on for Pisces. They are absorbing everything. So sensitive, so psychic, so clairvoyant. And if they feel like they are not working with someone either romantically, platonically, whatever, sexually, professionally, 
that is being honest with them because Pisces are incredible lie detectors and they can even pick up on a lie before someone even realizes that they're lying. And if Pisces feels at all like they are not swimming in safe water, they're going to try to figure out an exit strategy. It's true. Even an, even a sloppy exit strategy at that. Yeah. I mean, fish could be really floppy. They can make a big splash. Sometimes they're like really like, you know, sneaky and go through the cracks. And you're like, where'd that fish go? No bubbles. But then other times it's a pop, 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 pop. <laughs> you know, you know, fish. Classic. <laughs> Gonna burn a bridge. Light it on fire and pee on it. See, and this is when this is when I'm like, oh, but that tropical chart with that Sag moon light it on fire. That sounds very, very Sag moon. Uh... It's OK. It's OK. I mean, we're just we're just we're playing. We're having fun. We're doing whatever we want. You be whoever you are. Use use whatever astrology system you'd like. I don't care at all. Thank I you. actually want to know all about your work. I want to <laughs> know about what. I mean, this is a very impressive bio, and I was very worried I was going to butcher every single word that I said on it. So I would love to take it out of the text and really understand what all of it means for you and what it means for your journey. I'm just trying to encourage people to consider plant medicine along with psychedelics um, as I see my journey expanding. But I'm really trying to get people to consider plant medicine as part of a wellness routine, as something that is not, you know, it doesn't have to be, you have to be afraid of it. You don't have to be thinking about it in the way that like this whole country has sold the propaganda against um, cannabis to people Um, because it is propaganda. It is a lie. Um, I also want to be able to see marginalized communities be able to have a place in this industry and not be deduced to things where it's 8%, 15%. Like I think just offering the bare minimum for a seat at the table is some bullshit and it doesn't work out um, whether you want to believe it or not. Because as a woman um, and as a melanated person, um, we are still left at the table or left off the table, no matter what mandate is put in place to indicate or say that we should be. Um, so I care about that. I care about access. I care about being able to utilize this in a way that can be a business if you want. And I care about being able to live and be alive and not stress about simple things from horrible people, um, which racism is simple. You know, it's one of those things where people hate because of the color of someone's skin or the race that they're from. Um, it's a simple, poor, basic, disgusting mentality that has bled into every single industry that we're in. Um, and even when we look at how the war against gender continues on, whether you're white, whether you're black, all of these things factor into the outcomes of how you can play in any industry. In cannabis, it's even worse because of the propaganda with the war on drugs targeting marginalized people. And it's even worse for a woman Or it can be worse for women because everybody thinks women are stupid. And all we are good at is having vaginas, cooking, and placating to um, the patriarchy. How did you get involved in this particular metabolization of these, you know, macro societal, like, crises, really, that we're dealing with? And how did you find it apply within cannabis? I come from the advertising, um, media and tech space, um, around 2012, I got hit with a 
really debilitating condition um, that I didn't know what it was. February of that next year, ended up in the ICU, had to get put into a coma, had to get brought back out. And it was my fifth time in the hospital and they found out that I had Crohn's. Um, after being in the hospital, a total of 27 times with flare-ups. Oh my God. Um, deal with that and being on different biologics, over 20 medications a day. And I was miserable. I wasn't really able to work. I wasn't really able to do much. I had developed all of these like interesting anxieties. Um, I had experienced quarantining myself before quarantining was a thing. So I was <laughs> in the space. of thing. But um, around 2014, I had friends sending me studies out of Israel and out of like other countries about like IBD, IBS and the use of um, cannabidiol um, and how to understand the endocannabinoid system. And around 2015, um, came kind of like to realization that my last living direct parent, my mom was getting sicker and sicker from MS, lupus and colitis. And she was in palliative care, which turned into hospice care. The only thing that allowed her to be without pain and to pass in her sleep without pain was cannabis. Liquid morphine wasn't working. The lot of drip wasn't working. Fentanyl wasn't working. And so I was dosing my mom and dosing myself. I was working a really crazy, intense job um, at Samsung in New York and flying to Detroit every three to four to five days to be with my mom. And I was giving her cannabis and I was paying people to give her cannabis. And my mom was a triple Leo, Leo sun, Leo rising, Leo moon. So that means she couldn't keep her mouth shut. And so she told other people that her daughter was giving her weed and ended up giving um, six other families um, like tinctures and RSO oil because they wanted their family member not have pain. So I started using cannabis for my Crohn's and it worked, I guess, or it's working. I'm still using it, obviously. Um, my Crohn's symptoms, I went from maybe like three to eight flare ups a year to one last year and one the year before, no, two the year before. And so I pretty much like became my own like wellness expert. Like I talked to doctors, some doctors weren't on board. I talked to experts that were not in my state, like medical professionals about like how to use this. I did my own studies. I did my own like, not YouTube research, but like books and legit like diving into like you know groups and things like that and if it wasn't for cannabis I wouldn't be where I'm at um health wise so I realized like hey this is a thing you know there has to be more people that look like me in it and there were but not really like we always look at your Snoop Dogs and your Wiz Khalifas as like, yeah, they're in cannabis. But I'm like, yeah, but celebrities and cannabis aren't the same as like everyday human beings being cannabis. <laughs> um, moved to L.A., dealt with all the microaggressions and weird racism in the space out here. And I moved, was moving back and forth between New York and L.A., back home to Detroit. And, you know, pretty much like realizing that like there is not a lot of melanated representation in the space. I think the numbers of black ownership in the space is like a, just still between like four to five percent. And, you know, majority of like agricultural land in this 
country is 98% owned by white men. Majority of businesses operating in cannabis are above 80% owned by white men. Um, and so, you know, the numbers are crazy, just like the numbers are crazy in advertising. Numbers are crazy in every major field. Tech, you know, like all these numbers are still the same and we're still begging for a seat at the table to be heard over and over again. And, and I hate it. So I decided to talk more about why there's no seats. And I decided to be way more vocal about that. And, you know, I think that that's kind of how Canaclusive got born between myself, uh, my two other co-founders, Tanya Rapley Flash and Charlize Antoinette. Um, we are now a team of 13 and we are aiming to empower everybody who's part of our team to like do their own thing while using the collective of Canaclusive as a base so that they can achieve what they want. We have two items that we utilize to help support this industry for BIPOC individuals, and that's Inclusive Base, which is in partnership with Almost Consulting, thanks to Karen Wang, who is a Chinese-American badass woman who I love based on the West Coast. And we have the accountability list, which we're about to get to get ready to announce our accountability awards and our accountability list of brands that you can support that actually do things in the space to drive equity inclusion and um, support people who want to build equity and cannabis health equity on the ground in different states in the U.S. Well, this sounds to me like it's a very critical, I mean, it. I'm really grateful for you caring and I'm really grateful for you wanting to, for seeing the problem and being like, we need to do something about this. I mean, I would say in my experience, I had a, uh, an astrology dating app many years ago, but I was a young woman and I was not, I mean, the experiences I had were horrific, uh, in talking to VCs and trying to be involved in the tech space. It was you know, it would take a lot for me to ever want to re-enter the tech space. And I was living in Los Angeles at that time. Again, it's very wild. I mean, I would encourage you to, you know, shout out to people that I know that have really powerful apps. I think you should revisit your idea and definitely like connect with more female led fund groups and founders. But I will say that this being a woman is so powerful in a way that a lot of men can't fathomly check their fucking egos enough to understand that like women are the benchmark and the audience and the livelihood of so many things, including their very existence. Cause they were born out of a woman's moon, but you have to like tell them that cause they forget and they blank out. Um, but hearing that bothers me because as someone who has invested in tech folks in the past and has, has equity and advises other people. I hear the same thing. I had an event yesterday where there were nothing but women of color talking about good deals and bad deals, bad deals involving a guy trying to get in your pants in order for him. Yeah, that was, that was my full experience. And I dealt with that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, looking back on the two and a half, I think almost three years that I was um, trying to do what men do so effortlessly. Um, and the way that I was, the, my, me and my co-founder were being treated, the, the crumbs that we were begging for, um, and just like the arrogance, uh, the patronizing, how condescending it was, and then add, of course, race to that as well. And I could imagine that, you know, if, if even somebody was able to enter that space, that they would not want to stay right. <laughs> because it is, is not a welcoming environment. 
And even if it's the facade of like, oh, of course, we want to be inclusive. It's like, well, when you actually get into those rooms with those individuals who are just, I, I mean, I could imagine that the microaggressions are um, deeply disturbing. On it, you know, it's beyond disturbing. Yeah, I, I I couldn't even fathom what that would ex- experience would be, especially in cannabis, which has been so weaponized against black people and BIPOCs for so many generations. Yeah, taken away, obviously, as something that is an available resource, not just for healing, but also for business. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand how (sighs) asking for anything takes a lot of work. Asking for millions of dollars takes a lot of work. I think for me, my biggest takeaway from the space that I'm still in and I get burnt out every day, it feels like because I'm always like, oh, I feel like I just have to learn and adjust and like understand so many new things as this like space gets more and more interesting. Like you have more celebrities that want to like join it and think it's a thing. And then like they must make it harder for people that are kind of like actually more passionate and more deserving of it and have been around for a minute, but they can't compete with like crazy capital. You know, I think that it's been as a Pisces, it's been a very emotional adjustment for me. I've had to put on my big girl pants more than once. So um, it's a challenge in that respect because the the fire in me wants to let people know like, just but the nurturer in me is like, okay, you have to nurture people into wanting to make change and help them understand why these things matter and educate them on the fault of this over time from a evaluation of money that you can make standpoint. I always have to approach things with like the business angle to get people to see where they're messing things up. And it doesn't always work either. So yeah, that daily exercise of not knowing if you're going to deal with rejection or acceptance is very, very interesting given my chart. But you know that already because you saw it. So <laughs> well, you know what that's it I it's interesting that you brought up the money aspect of things because obviously that is you know, when we're talking about the tech industry, we're really just talking about another manifestation of finance um, because we're just dealing with money. Who is putting money into what? And right. then obviously that money goes to, you know, skilled people in their spaces, but it's the transference of money and not coming from any wealth and not having a lot of, you know, the lit- my financial literacy was really low going into it. And the way that that was used against me was um, also very emotionally and psychologically challenging mm. because I was coming into the space, which was sort of advertised, especially I came in in LA in 2013 and that was like Silicon Beach, you know, Snapchat had just rejected oh. Facebook's buyout. Like it was just like a big jerk off fest of like, you know, young white men. And, but they were making it seem like it was, you know, anybody, it's like crazy here. Anyone can do it. Um, but it wasn't, you know, and the way that I was like mocked for not knowing the right terms to use these fucking stupid ass acronyms, KPIs and like all of this MVPs and like all of just like the, you know, that really specific tech language. It's not like a language you learn when you're growing up, you know, I guess unless you come from a tech family or something, or you have rich parents who teach it to you because they know it. I don't know. I didn't know it. And that was one of the easiest ways for people to push me out of the room, you know? Yeah. I think that a lot of people, now you can 
find other people that kind of like, it's like a shine theory that you have to execute across all of your reigns, right? I think that women have more chances to talk to other women, to do things around women, I, I feel like, in my opinion. But I am really interested in what this future is going to look like coming out of this pandemic. Like, how are we... Clearly, there's a giant interest in astrology and how things kind of line up based upon what the pandemic has shown us. So it's a different market, you know? I just think I would encourage you to connect with female founders and female-ran items because I feel like it matters a lot. Well, I maybe offline we'll talk about this sometime. Yeah. But this, to me, is an interesting segue into my first formatted question of Stars Like Us, which is, what do you believe in? Oh, I believe in universal forces. Um, I believe in my ancestors. I believe in the Orisha. I believe in a lot of, I believe in there is an ultimate being that is guiding us and giving us. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of meditation. I believe in the power of keeping people around you that also believe in the power of prayer. That's important. Yes. I really believe that like there has to be that type of alignment in order to deal with this thing called whatever the fuck it is, life. I think I realized that more and more during the, I can't believe it's been a year and it's almost a year and a half being in the pandemic. So I think that that's important to note as well. Like that really, really like meant a lot. It, it meant a lot to see how those things come together when you have to like manifest that energy when you have nowhere else to go, you have nowhere else to be, you can't distract yourself. You have to listen to the in and out sirens of the ambulance and things of that nature while you're just in your house. Um, you have to deal with the sudden loss of friends and family members. Um, there's a lot of spiritual like, oh, got it, that I had throughout this time. And that's what I believe in. I'm very moved by the fact that you mentioned the ambulances because that was, I'm your Pisces sun, I'm Pisces moon. Music is a really important part of Pisces Pisces culture, I would say. Pisces. And, <laughs> and uh, that's actually, you know, I say this thing called Tank, There Are No Coincidences. And the first, the introduction to my book that's coming out in September is all about the sirens that I was hearing um, in the pandemic and how I was trying to write my book. But the only fucking thing I heard was sirens. And thinking about then, like, you know, the mythological sirens and the sirens calling out and their laments and their pain and the wailing. And like when you're sort of immersed in that, like, how do you find hope? How can you keep creating? How can you keep moving forward? And in my case, it was like, well, I had pitched this fucking book before there was a pandemic. I have a deadline. I need to write it. But this the, the book I pitched no longer makes sense to me. So how can I make something? How can you keep creating among such, you know, unexpected and unprecedented circumstances. And I also feel like the pandemic for me was an extremely spiritually profound time. I feel like the spiritual growth that I had because there was really nothing else to do <laughs> was um, transformative. And it also, you know, was my spiritual growth worth all of these millions of people dying and ill? No, <laughs> no. But it also, those things have to exist because they do. I think for you, I'm going to read you whatever you went through in that um, 
that experience, given what's coming out with your book, you should reapproach your app idea and you should reapproach it in a way that fills in the gaps that current apps are missing, right? Um, I think that when you look at what, and I know the names of the apps, I have them on my phone, but I don't use them anymore because I'm partially clairvoyant, so I don't really need them. So it's like uh, the, the something, there's something else. There's two big ones people use. There's a few that have been done by like um, two women in the space that have their apps. I'm not going to say their names on this podcast, but um, I think that there's a lot of gaps that you can fill in with your approach. I think that you should reinvigorate and redesign a couple of things as to how you base your confidence when you do these conversations and how you need to have a team or someone that represents you to make that work because you representing yourself at this time is um, it weakens your ability to attract additional interest. It doesn't mean you need to go find a man, but it means that you need to have someone that can like verify what you've discovered along your journey as a woman, but might be just way more willing to like directly um, engage with said individuals. And you should also just kind of like do a check-in with yourself. Like when you look at your nodes on your chart, because your note, your, your South node and your North node, your true nodes, like all those things indicate things that like might be connecting as to why when you get in that room or if you get in those rooms or when you approach, step into those areas, why you get the energy that you get. But I do feel like you should reproach your idea, fill in the holes that you know people have in these apps because you know what they are and I know you do. Um, but you have to redesign that configuration and make it happen right after your book goes out. Mary, I'm really moved by you offering this to me. I Honestly, like when I was reaching out to you, I wanted to talk about weed. <laughs> I did not know that you were going to be giving me a literal psychic reading. I have not had a psychic reading in a long ass time. And I, I'm really moved that you felt compelled to share that with me. It's like, I, I'm going to remember this forever. Oh. It's really impactful for me. Remember it. I want you to take it and do something with it. For real. No, 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 no. I, I mean that. I mean, I'm going to apply it. I'm going to like, I'm going to act on what you're saying because I know how this shit works. I know you wouldn't be just telling me this shit willy nilly. No, you just have to like approach the situation where you fill in the gap. Mary, after you so kindly offered me such incredible wisdom and insight and clairvoyance, what would you like me to pull a card for you about? Love. That's what I thought. Every time I pull that out, they're like, let's talk about your career. I'm like, you fucking jerks. I want to hear about. Yeah. Let's see. Let's hear about love. Okay. The cards, people. I know cards. People. I mean, the universal forces guiding the choice. Duh. Okay. So Mary, do you want me to work with pile one, pile two, or pile three? Oh, uh, nah, three. Let's go with three. Got it. Okay, great. So let's pull a card on love. For Mary, see what we need to know on the topic of love. Page of Cups. What does that mean? Okay, so I, unfortunately, this is one of the fuckboy cards for me. Um, I'm sorry. I have to tell, I can't, I can't lie to you. So what this means to me is, who is this? This is a, more of a question for you than for me. Like, oh no, there's a there's a fuck boy out there, and that you, especially since you're saying that you want something more serious, you want commitment in some capacity, something that's more tangible. 
this is not somebody who's more tangible. So is there somebody who you're allocating energy or space for who is maybe doesn't have their, maybe you're, it's not that they're a bad person. I mean, actually Page of Cups is a very lovely person, but they're just not in the space where they can really show up in the way I think that you're looking for someone to show up. I think, I think it's the garbage man that I'm dealing with. Or it could be the musician. I told myself I'd never date a musician. And this one seems different. And it seems very aligned. And we have the same people in common. And if those people knew that he was fucking with me, they would kill him. So I don't feel like it's him. It could be the cancer. The cancer doesn't know what he wants in his relationships. Well, this is usually a water sign. Yeah, my man. You see the little fish popping out? That sounds like the cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see, what should you, how should you approach this now that we have sort of identified it? I believe the musician, he's a Leo. I believe in that. Yeah, it sounds like the cancer. I don't think he's a fuckboy. I just think he's an emotional mess. And I usually don't give cancer men a chance, but this one was really, really cuddly. And I know that's what they do. They try to cuddle with you and then they turn into moody people. I know. (laughs) I know, I know. So, I mean, do you, Let's see. I mean, to me, here's my now not card, just intuition. If ultimately what you're looking for is somebody who is going to be more, is somebody who's really going to see you and show up in the ways that you're looking for, are you trying to cast a wide net or are you trying to hone in on a, an individual or a, a small number of people who could be contenders? My net casting is a little limited because I don't, I like, yeah. Like I'm not an app person. Like finding people on apps is really hard for me. I'm an energy person, mm-hmm. but I am casting a wide net. I'm still casting. I'm still, but the only way to really cast nowadays, it seems to be is through the internet and that feels risky, but I'm, I'm, I'm open to meeting new men that actually are like trying to like get to know me and be really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, I'm not situated on anything or anyone right now, but I do, I want someone to step up, definitely. Well, I just pulled the lovers for you. And this is a beautiful, for our topic, first of all, this is the Gemini card. We're currently speaking in Gemini season. And Tank, there are no coincidences. What this is indicating to me is that keep putting yourself out there right now because your energy is in the place where you would be able to really meet someone or with one of these existing people, take it to the next level because the lovers is like, is saying that this is what you're, you're here for. You are here to form this union, you know, with someone. And it doesn't need to be like a legal union, but it's a two souls coming together, you know, under this sort of divine spirituality to be able to say like, I see you, I respect you and I'm showing up for you in a way that is going to be fulfilling and not going to be energy vampire or misunderstandings or just like more complicated than it needs to be. Okay. That sounds good. Keep putting yourself out there throughout this Gemini season. I'm going to tap dance my way through it. Okay. Let's do one more card as a sort of, this is supposed to be a single card, but I can't resist. It's okay. Um, Let's see one more card for like, what does Mary need to know? Like when we get off this moving forward, what, what action items should she take? I'm crossing my fingers, hoping it's a good card. I don't know if this works. King of Swords. So this to me is there's someone that you need to talk to in order to draw a line in the sand. Okay. This is a stern king. 
this is like not a this is, this is like this is probably a, I mean this is usually an air sign so I know that that's <laughs> from earlier I know that you have a little problem with them but this is Gemini Libra Aquarius so this could be somebody who has that or has those attributes in their life um but I think that this is someone that you need to have a serious conversation with about like where are we at and that's the action item man okay air sign. does that make sense sure <laughs> I know. I mean, this deck is not like, I, this deck is rude. The deck is rude. It's not me. I don't blame you. I <laughs> okay. And now for our very last question, which is how does magic show up in your life? Oh man. I don't think I'd be able to do what I'm doing if I didn't have like my ancestors hands on what I'm doing. Um, I've questioned it a lot. I've asked about it a lot to like my spiritual advisors and my teachers. I just don't feel like all these things would be happening the way they're happening. If I think for me, without getting emotional, which means I'm probably going to do that, is I feel that my I feel that my parents and my grandparents are working really hard to support me in this time. I do want them to support me a little bit faster with things that I really want. Like, can you speed it up a little bit? <laughs> I am trusting that and hoping that I'm trusting that. I'm not hoping, I'm trusting it. And so that's the way that I am forcing myself to believe in the magic that can show up in my life. Well, as a Pisces, I think that you have a lot of magic. I mean, you obviously, magic attracts magic. And you as a magical person are going to also attract the magic of your ancestors, your family, your loved ones, and then the people on this side too, you know, on the side of the veil who you know, those like just incredible coincidences, incredible run-ins, incredible situations where you're like, how could this have happened? But that's because you're magic. Thank you. I'll keep that. I'll receive it. Well, where can we find you? How can we connect with you? And also even more broadly, like what can our listeners do to take action on, on these, on the conversation of inclusivity in cannabis, in tech, in these different spaces that are if there wasn't anyone intervening, would be a real fucking nightmare. I give two examples. They should follow for tech. They should follow the plug, which is uh, founded by Sherelle Dorsey and also sign up to her newsletter email list. You can follow at Canaclusive on Instagram and sign up for our, our newsletter. We have a new one coming out really soon with like a lot of things to understand that. You can look up and support different brands that are on inclusive base. You can... um Make sure that brands are up to snuff and caring about these inclusivity issues. We post a lot about those those items on a regular basis on our pages and on our socials. Um, you can follow me. I'm going to make a lot of jokes. I try to keep things light, but if it's really intense, I'll, I'll speak on it. And things are still heavy, although it feels like it's not. Um, and you can find me there. I I truly want this world to be better, but the world has been what it is for a while before we even really knew it. So, you know, I think that protecting yourself and protecting the ones that you love through balance, through meditation, through energy, through connectivity, through communication is very important. And it's never too late to start in those ways. I love that. Thank you so much. And then what is your handle? where people who are on their phones right now can just head over there. Oh, sure. You can go to at I am 
Mary Pryor, which is M A. I mean, I and then M I A M and then M A R Y P R Y O R. Perfect. And we'll link to it. So people who are just, you know, can't get it together in that moment will be able to just easily tap on something. Mary, this has been such a pleasure. A really, really, really incredible, like full range of emotions, but only, you know, like only a sun in Pisces could offer, you know, we've got highs and lows and laughter and crying and we've just run the whole fucking gamut. And it was, it's been a real, real treat. Thank you. And small word of advice. You should also follow at Chloe Hilliard and watch Hilliard, Chloe Across America. That is a friend of mine who I encourage to get her dick down the street. I just want to put that out there for the know that, that <laughs> if you see her talking about it on her show, say, oh, did Mary Pryor help you do that? Do that. Thanks. <laughs> is she listening to you right now? Absolutely. I looked at her dead. <laughs> said it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, this is this is true Pisces Capricorn companionship right here. This is what friendship is all about, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the model of support. What <laughs> now Warwick song about, along with John, Stevie Wonder, and Gladys Knight. This. Yes, that's Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you, and I hope to talk to you offline soon.